Like we always do with this time I go for mine, I got to shine Now throw your hands up Well, that was fun listening to a Kanye West tune, I guess, back when he used to do music. Um, I'm Stan. I'm Jason. And I'm Yvette. This is the next episode of Black Coffee with a Little Sugar. Um, We're happy to be here today. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about Mr. President Kanye West. We're going to talk about Mr. President (laughs) Trump. And hopefully we'll talk about the next VP Harris. So um, we're going to have some fun, though. We're going to kick this off by talking about, you know, Trump. Like, we, we're going to talk about how this thing is moving forward. You know, Kanye is running for president now. Trump, we remember back when a long time ago, I remember the White House Correspondents Dinner when they used to have one and presidents used to participate in them. And I remember our dear President Barack Obama roasted Donald Trump. And he really, really came after him pretty hard. Most of us thought it was funny as hell, but Trump was just steaming. You could see the steam coming off of him. And a lot of people think that fueled his run for presidency. Damn it. If we really, really know, that would be the case. But um, so I think the three of us are going to enjoy this, but we also know anything's possible, right, guys? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm thinking like, who would have ever thought the, the the man known for the celebrity apprentice would be president? I would have just never, ever thought that that would happen. But I tell you this, he stayed true to that whole trademark, you're fired, though, because he has fired so many people since he has been president that, I mean, it's almost like we're on the TV show. He fired people for doing a good job, though, or a bad job lately? <laughs> Well, lately, I mean, I mean, you can't say any job is a good job lately. Early on, it might have been some people trying to do a good job. But, you know, I, I, I might be the resident conspiracy theorist of this group. But I think that when I first heard about it, I honestly thought it was some kind of bait and switch, some kind of ploy to pull votes and to actually support, you know, you had all those pictures out of Hillary and, and Bill and, and Trump hanging out. You had the, the quotes about the fact that he, if he ever ran, he'd run as a Republican because Republicans are stupid and they believe anything you say and they let you do anything you want. So I really thought it was going to be this whole thing where he was going to end up as some third party candidate and just pull votes, which is sort of ironic because that's sort of what the role that Kanye might be playing in this whole thing, which is scary when we think about it. It's it's gone crazy. And, you know, obviously, you know, Trump was not the first celebrity to run for office. I want to run you all through a couple of people here that you may not have known ran for office or you may not have known who they were otherwise. So first one I got off this list was Cynthia Nixon. Stan, who's Cynthia Nixon? I don't know. Was it, was it Richard? Was it Richard, Richard, was it Richard Nixon's like um, cousin or something? <laughs> You never, well, I guess you probably never did watch Sex in the City. Sure, what a I great Sex show. In the City. I just didn't <laughs> care about the names of the people. I remember Jessica, whatever, what Jessica was her name. Oh my God. See, he does. He remembers something. So, so she actually ran for governor at one point. So there, you got her. Then you got Kid Rock who ran for something. And I didn't even say what he ran because it was all a publicity stunt. So he wasn't real. But then we talk, talk about real people that ran. You had, you had Governor Schwarzenegger. You had Clint Eastwood. Make you know, my day. 
may, may talking to an empty chair, but that was, you know, he, <laughs> but that was before I'll he was talking. <laughs> Well, and then if you go to Minnesota, Minnesota seems to have a thing for celebrities. We've had both Al Franken and Jesse Ventura. Um, but you can go back into folks like Jerry Springer, Wyclef Jean. I mean, celebrities have done this before. This isn't the first time, but this was just, most times it's a PR stunt. Most times it's it's not real or it's a local small office and they just, you know, they they go and do their thing. But this was... You know, I, I hate to say unprecedented because everything everything nowadays is unprecedented. But maybe maybe this whole 2020 thing is just, was just all lit off when 2016 when he took office. It was just heading down the road of the apocalypse. I don't, uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> it looks like for me, I it's crazy, it's crazy. But you you are you're our resident celebrity expert. How people are feeling about Kanye's presidency? Oh my gosh, some of anybody who is everybody is saying something about Kanye or yay, as they say. Um, but one of my favorite ones brings me back to a saying of my youth. Octavia Spencer, she was like, sit all the way down. I love, <laughs> love, love that. And what she did say on Twitter, um, what she tweeted was, too much foolishness today. That's what I, that was my favorite one out of the so many ones. Now, well, Tiffany Haddish also said that, well, if Kanye can do it, she can do it too. But. Well, she probably could do it really well. Right. She keep us all laughing for sure. <laughs> Who else? Anybody else? Oh, like I said, you know, those were the ones that um, really stood out to me. I know Paris, she uh, had something to say too, basically that she could do it uh, too. Um, Bob Saget, he was like, well, okay, I'm sure that I could do it if since uh, it's basically uh, you don't have to know much about anything. So... Who, yeah, we need, so we need, we need your wife, Sarah, in, in this conversation. She could rattle off probably five or six people, Jason. Yeah, well, it's, she's she's my she's my phone a friend. That's for sure. That's who I bring in whenever I need to know trivia. That's damn sure. But um, so yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna come back to Kanye in a minute, but um, we've got some important things to talk about. We we have to talk about COVID. Um, back to school is upon us. And I, the last time we talked about that, we talked about people didn't really have a plan. They didn't really know what to do. And I can honestly say, I still feel the same way that people are still trying to figure this out. And some schools have tried it already and have failed. And, and Jason, I know you have some numbers you're gonna run by everybody. Yeah, I mean, the virus is winning. Let's just be honest about that. We've got, you know, Georgia school district has has got 1,200 students and teachers quarantined. I just saw something from CNN from a couple of days ago where one child one child actually infected 25 teachers. I mean, it, it, the numbers are staggering. We're seeing it locally. We're seeing every time you open a building or every time you start even athletics, you know, kids start getting in the weight room or start practicing. Uh, we're getting outbreaks on the daily from, or at least exposures on the daily. And it's just, it's, it's untenable. You cannot keep up with it. We, you just, the tracking and tracing alone um, has become unreal. And then, then you talk about how everyone's trying to spin it. I mean, I think that's where it really concerns me is that you've got, you know, you get the kid in Georgia who tweet, who takes the picture and sends it out of everybody crowding in the hallway. And you got a school district that's more concerned about suspending him and controlling the message than they are about actually keeping people safe. 
And I know, Stan, you've dealt with this from the from the other side of trying to keep the message clean, but I think we've gotten a little bit crazy with how we're trying to silence voices here. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, you, that's a good example of def, definitely take it down, taking it down to the school level. But, you know, I was watching something on the news this morning. I mean, this is becoming just an absolute political issue. Um, they're running polls in, in different states, and they're finding that, of course, conservatives are trending towards let's open school back. Let's get going. Let's have football to the point where you got the Pac-10 and the Big Ten saying no, and now you got the SEC and the ACC saying yes. And so this country is really confused about COVID and everything's political. And so now when you see it at the school level, that's just learning from what everybody else is doing. And, and it's, it's a shame. It's a shame when a young person sees something that they know is wrong, classroom full of people or hallway full of people, they report it out and they're gonna get some backlash. That's silly. But that is where we're going in our society. This is where we're at. And um, we have to do better. Um, you know, I think what I know now is I'm getting lots of messages from the school districts now, from my daughter and from my son's school. And clearly they have some plans. But, you know, you're, you're the planner, Jason. Are these plans going to make it at all? Are these going to make it? <laughs> you, you know what? The plans can be – plans are only as good as the people who execute them and the ability to execute them. So you can draw up the best plan in the world, but it, the, the ability to actually um, put them into, into play is, is where we're going to struggle. Where, what is it going to look like? What is it going to feel like going to school in a bubble? Uh, you know, we've got schools that are buying up plexiglass and making every desk its, its own bubble. We've got other districts that are trying to figure out how to do a better online academy uh, trying to figure out how to social distance on a bus. I mean, the plans can work if the people can execute them, but what is it going to feel like? Should they be working? Should we, again, drive back to a different, we're all driving to a model that we've always driven to. And I think that you've got to, we've got to stop and say, why are we planning for that instead of planning for something completely different? Changing how we do it, changing how we do education, instead of saying, let's just, fighting to get back to something that we know was broken in the first place. And so I think that there's a there's a risk here that we're just we're throwing good money after bad into a plan that doesn't didn't work for everybody in the first place. So why go right back to it? I mean, Yvette, you yeah. you've got you've got an example with you and how you're just going to be distance learning because it's better. Yeah, it's definitely better for me and um, my kids is I would say more for my mental health. Um, I don't want to have to be worried about my children. And, you know, where they are, if they have a mask on, is anybody breathing on them on purpose or coughing on them? I, I, that's just too much for me. But I tell you what, my oldest son's uh, grades are better than they've ever been. He, of course, wants to go back to school, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, so, I mean, distance learning is one thing. And, and, you know, I think it's really, really hard for parents to plan right now. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, last night, I was out with my soon-to-be eighth grade daughter. She's eight, she ready to be in eighth grade. And, you know, we do back to school shopping. It's kind of silly when you have an eighth grader, you know, you go into the store and you're like holding your breath. What in the world does she want me to buy her so she can wear? It's kind of scary. But I, I, I say that to say, you know, do I need to get her a laptop or do I need to get her some jeans and some shirts? I mean, it's hard to even plan right now if you're a parent 
what's going to happen. And then like, as far as, you know, people, a lot of people have started going back into the office. You know, I, I, I work from home, but a lot of people are going back into the office. What does this look like for them? Are they going to go right back into the spring again? Because that was a monumental failure for a lot of folks. Um, and then Jason, I mean, is it really safe? Like, let's be real. Like, as far as every child having a mask, are you, we're talking about kindergartners and first graders wearing masks. Every year, the flu season is a, is a disaster. So, I mean, what do you have to say? I know you're in that area. Again, you, you're right. You, getting the kids to to wear the mask, wear it well, wash their hands well, not drink from the same cup or the same fountain, share food, you, you know, desks touching, and then asking everyone to clean it. That those are the parts that are that are really going to become impossible, and it, and it becomes this controlling environment. It becomes this concept of how we're going to be so focused on controlling that. I don't know that we're going to actually be worried about learning if all we're worried about is Johnny, put your mask back on, Johnny, put your mask back on. And, and we've seen it before these minor power struggles end up in huge, huge issues. You know, you sent me the, you sent me the, the photo the, or the story the other day of a cop figuring out that the cuffs don't fit a, a eight, eight year old. Of course they don't fit an eight year old. I'm supposed to be handcuffing an eight year old, but it started as a power struggle. Whatever that was started as a power struggle. And so here we are, going to put our kids in a situation where the mask is the power struggle. We're just setting ourselves up for failure. And then you're right. The safety piece isn't there either because we don't know. We don't know that it's working. Now I think I saw something that came out that said even it's got to be a very specific type of face covering. The standard bandana that they kept telling us will be okay isn't okay. So now I've got to have kids in a very specific covering. So the, the, there's too many variables. It becomes a, a risk-reward uh, return on investment, risk reward type proposition. What are you willing to risk? Are you willing to risk the safety of your kids to have them sit in a classroom together? And without That's getting into too much, with at the at the very time when the economy is really in trouble and business, there's not a lot of revenue being being built right now, and so schools are going to need more money than they've ever had before at a time when there's no money coming coming into businesses. So it's kind of scary. And then the last thing about this is teachers. I think teachers always get left out. We're talking about people who have to be there every day for seven hours a day in front of a bunch of sneezing, coughing kids. Um, I've got a friend in North Carolina, in Eastern North Carolina, they decided they're just going back. And, and you know, the morale is at an all time low with those teachers. Like normally, you at least have the beginning of the school year where everybody's happy and inspired and hopeful. But this year he calls me up, man, we got to go back and oh my gosh. And so that's something that we don't even talk about a lot, but that is kind of sad. You want your teachers to be motivated to work with your young people and you want to, you don't want them to die doing the damn job either. And people are, people are putting it on them. You're right. This it's, it's, it's not fair. We've, I've, I've seen the letters from families saying, that's your job. Go back in there and get in there and do it. Your job is to do that so we can do our jobs. I mean, that's, that's asking a sacrifice. That's, that's, that's something you can't just do. You just can't, and you can't, you hit it on the head about the mental health piece of it, Stan. You cannot just take that for granted that all that pressure on those teachers is going to make for a, a tougher time in a classroom, distance or in person. You know, the two of us, we, we lived schools for a long time because of our careers. And I just want to make sure Yvette, as a parent, which is the most 
important person outside of the students. What do you have to say about some of this right now? I just, honestly, my, my whole reaction is one of that I need to keep my children close. You know, I, um, I've had my different uh, experiences with teachers um, at school, and I honestly can say that um, I'm scared for them. Um, I'm scared for the kids. Um, but I'm not scared for mine because I know exactly where mine are going to be. Um, and it is one of those situations where I wish that everybody um, could do what they needed to do um, and to try to keep their kids safe, try to keep themselves safe. But I know that um, the powers that be uh, are just not going to let us be great. You know, I think you think this is going to come up again and again and again. So um, we're going to move on to to Kanye. I know some of you probably have been waiting for that. I'm sure I'm sure Jason's has been waiting for that. You know, because Kanye is always talking about Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. So what do you say about it? are you are you supporting him because he's from Chicago, Jason? You know, my Chicago blood runs deep. It doesn't run that deep. I, the, 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 it will not cross that line. I will not cross that line for him. I am sorry. It is, he too crazy for that. Well, I think that Kanye maybe should have stayed in the arena that he has just been in with the Sunday service and his gospel choir. I mean, it is fantastic. I I love gospel music and some of the music that he has put out. Um, has been absolutely fantastic. And I was just getting used to being able to say Kanye and not, you know, have something negative to say. And now here he goes talking about we don't run for president. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we all almost left it out because this does have, this has nothing to do with his brilliance. He is absolutely brilliant. You know, I've got a whole bunch of songs that I bought through the years that, now I feel guilty listening to because because of him, <laughs> but um, absolute brilliance and brilliant. yeah, that, yeah, it was great. But just because you can sing, <laughs> I don't mean I want you to be my president. So, uh, is this real or a ploy to help Trump? Like, wh what do we think? I think he's a detractor. Absolutely, I think that he is here to split votes. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, here's another person, I think we've talked about this before, who is going to put his own desire to to, to be um, put out there, his own desire to be lifted up by a demigod, you know, that, that just is out there, and he's doing it to please someone that will never care about him at the depths that, that someone needs to care about. He, they, they got a little bit of traction on some, some good issues early on, and then now they're they're going to use this. They're going to you know, they're going to put themselves out there uh, for a man that, that doesn't care about them at the end of the day. And they're going to take a disenfranchised community of voters who's being attacked on every level, polling places closing. Hell, they're collecting up mailboxes now. The attack on the postal service. The, the this is this is just one more piece to divide a country and divide an electorate that is that needs to coalesce around something real and about a, around a real person who's really out there for them. I was, I was listening to, I was watching CNN this morning and they were talking about Kanye coming in and 
and they've caught him meeting with Jared Kushner. So oh. I don't even think they're trying to keep a good secret. Like we know what is what's happening and black folks are smarter than that, Kanye. We're smarter than that. We're not gonna fall for it. I hope. But the, but the <laughs> thing hope. is with Kanye though, I really feel like he's got a big really big young people following and I'm just hopeful that somebody will talk to these kids and say, hey yo, this this is not real. This is not real. I, I'm not worried about black folks being smart enough. I'm worried about those young people, you know, and it's not just him. Let's talk about the Kim K effect. Kim Kardashian's got over 183 million followers on Instagram, 66 million on Twitter. These are people that, that, that rise and fall every day on what she says. They look forward to hearing from her. They look forward to the rest of the family, the, the that whole social media influencer network. And now that's not necessarily where I go for my information, but there are a lot of people that go there. And again, when it comes down to it, what will they believe? Will they believe her spin or will they believe a larger audience? And then, you know, knowing where, where does that come from? Who, who can get in their ear? Well, I mean, Yvette's going to talk about this, but I think the, the challenge right now is like, what kind of platform would he ever have? Like, does it, does he have a platform because I have definitely haven't heard of what platform he's going to be running on. I mean, is it going to be songs for everybody? I I really <laughs> don't know because, I mean, he's got some great ones. Um, he did a remake but <laughs> of a Kirk Franklin, but that's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> his, um, his, if he had a convention, it would be, the music would be good, right? Well, yeah. And, Production and, value. Uh, I know this is not a Kanye commercial, but okay, yeah, we, we we can't be too nice because we don't want him to win, guys. I don't want anybody to be confused. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we want him to go back to doing music. That's what we're saying. We want him to go back to doing what he's good at, and 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 not <laughs> not hurt the chance for someone. And and this is a good time to talk about it for at least who we believe should be the next two people in that in that White House leading the leading the way. And and this week, of course. Joe finally got off the off the schneid and, and did something, and he put Kamala Harris forward as his VP. What yeah. do we think? Finally, it was the, the biggest surprise of all time in politics, right? We didn't see that one coming, did we? <laughs> no, no one was talking about that. <clears throat> Snuck that in there. No one knew it. No one knew about who he was talking to. So I, I want to say, and I know other people will say this, but I am telling the truth. Back when they had all those candidates, those dozen candidates, um, she was my candidate, and I, I had to defend it because nobody said everybody else, but I, I wanted her to win from the beginning. And so I, I was not happy when she got when she when she left the race, and I'm really happy to see her again. Um, so I'm happy she's my candidate. Let's go. What about you guys? I'm, well, I'm I know that I'm happy. Um, for me, is that let's face it, I. She might not have been um, my first choice for for president, um, but I am very happy that she is there. For me, and it's personal, I feel like she, she I feel like she is me. I, that is as close to the White House that I will ever get, and I am I am just so very very pleased um, that this brilliant woman is going to represent us. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the jury's still out. You might you might be able to 
get to the White House. We got some. I know <laughs> I have I have a young person in my house that I would never tell her she couldn't do it because she she would do it <laughs> just because I told her. There you go. Yeah. So you never know. But right now I, I'll give you that. And I want to go on that historic thing too. Like before we go after it, because there's a lot of negative out there. I want to be able to celebrate. This is such a major thing in history. It should make yes. us feel good. We've never had this before. And it should make us proud. It does make us proud. It makes us feel like we are part of at the table and not, you know, getting to the table. So we're at the table and it's historic. And I know it's been well documented, so I won't say any more. But Jason, what is what what how does this make you feel? You know, it makes me feel good for for a couple of reasons. I mean, obviously for me, uh I don't have to worry about trying to see myself and people that have been in the White House over the years. It's pretty it's pretty easy to see that mirror for me. So this to me is more historic for the country for me, uh, historic for a, as a father of three daughters who continue to ask why not when they look at their book of presidents and then go why not when they look at at the at the people they're friends with and go why not. Um and so I think this is this is a signal that if we can if we can do this and if we can make this happen, this is change. And I don't want to go back to, to old slogans, but this would actually signal that we might be ready to start changing things. And we might be ready to start moving this country to something that we could get to, that 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 ideal that we keep that people keep saying we are. Um, this will be amazing. If, are you if, saying that we might be able to bring back the yes we can? You know, <laughs> Because those were good days back then. Those were good days, but I don't want to use the old slogans. I want us to get. I want us to be in a new direction. But you're right, hope and change, and 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 yes, we can, and all those kind of things. But I think it's, again, if if folks can can get past all the BS and get past all of the talking about, you know, we've talked about this before, talking about how people dress or talking about you know, where they where they were born or who their parents were, and talking about what this means for our country in terms of changing how we look at who can lead and, and, and taking someone who has the experience, she's got the chops, she's got the experience and letting her be part of a leadership team that actually works for everybody, despite the fact people don't think it sometimes. I think this is, this is how we make America great, not great again, but just make them great. My eyes, my eyes just got big. I got I nervous. I got nervous. No, no, no. <laughs> See, it's an old slogan. We could even turn around that slogan. If we could turn that slogan around, think about how great we'd be. Yeah. Eva, um, yeah, are you concerned? I mean, you think you think she can mobilize folks? So you think, I mean, it's not her responsibility to mobilize, mobilize folks. It's the ticket. You think the ticket's okay? I think the ticket is okay, but I think that she has definitely mobilized people. I think that you know, you mentioned it last week where, um, you know, the reward of the, the faithful Black woman voter. Let me tell you something. Black women are as excited as I have ever seen them be about Kamala Harris. Let me tell you, everybody I know is trying to get a shirt, is trying to post all of her accolades on their Facebook pages. I mean, we got some, we got some crazy folks out there who are bunch of haters who want to say some negative things. But right now, let me tell you something. We are as excited as we have ever been about anybody. Game on. But you better not say nothing bad about Kamala, okay? Because we aren't having it. We are not having it. 
So when I um when I coach people in my my job when I consult, I always say, you know, until somebody's coming at you, that means you haven't done anything. Like so, the, and the higher the stakes, the more people are going to come at you a, after you. So she's going to handle her business. She's going to handle her business better than the people that are there now. Um, but they will come after her because they see her as a threat. And um, you know, we were talking before this podcast about this term that. I use because political people use it, but I'll probably get in trouble, but that's okay. Maybe some more people will listen to the podcast if I get in trouble. Do you think this country is ready to handle a woman VP? And I'll use the term as an attack dog that she's going to, she's going to be the, the fire in the campaign. Do you think this country is ready for that? Cause they weren't for Hillary. You think they're ready for that? You know, it's hard to say whether the country is ready or not, but you know, um, as I look at a strong woman like Kamala, I'm, I know I'm ready for it. I'm ready for her to be strong. I'm ready for her to be as articulate as I know that she can be. I'm, I'm ready for her to, to do all the things that I know that she can. Um, are people gonna call her an angry, angry black woman? Yep. Are people gonna call her other nasty names? Yep, because I've seen the memes, but She's strong. And listen, as a black woman, even myself, been called names, she's going she gonna to shrug that off and she's going to do what she got to do. So. I know I've called you some names back in the day. I mean, <laughs> you still calling me names. What? <laughs> you called me something too. Jason uh, Savis. No, I, I, I mean, because well, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I've been getting called names lately too, but no, we won't talk about that. That was, pre, that was our pre production fight. But I mean, no, Man I think. a name caller. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's not all Stan's fault. It just don't, don't don't let him all feel it's all his fault. But no, I think, you know, as much as I was the one who said that that term, I was I was a little nervous about that term. But they she did come out on the attack, and that is that is the role of the VP to go out on the attack. So she did it. And you, the greatest part about what she did is she attacked on facts and she attacked on issues. Because all and all they could do is fight back with talking about who was her parents, where was she born, calling her nasty, doing all these kind of things. And when you know the madam for a pedophile is a person that someone wants to give hopes and pr- thoughts and prayers to, but a woman like Kamala gets uh, you know something and it's like she's just nasty. We are in a bad place. We need to be back to a place where facts matter, where skill and talent matters, and she has it. And we need to be at a place where that is celebrated. And again, you're right. We need to not get into a point where people are just going to say, well, just angry this, angry, angry black woman, angry woman, emotional, or all those other things that get thrown at women, and especially black women. We've got to get past that. And and she has that skill and that ability to do it. Well, I I can't wait. You know, I'm sure the media and the networks are excited because the ratings just went up because she is going to tear Pence apart in the debate. Oh my God, I'm so ready. I got my popcorn, everything. And the, and the other debate will be fun too, because we don't know what either two of those guys are going to say. Yeah. That that's, that's, that's like watching Jersey shore or something like being like, you have no idea what's going to happen. Someone's going to say something completely, completely cabs here. They're just going to be, they're just walking. We're back when, uh, one, what, uh, when her, you know, when people run wandering around the stage getting lost and all that. Yeah. I mean, going to be, there's going to be some craziness going on there. And I think you're right. The networks are happy and you know, who else is happy. Uh, Saturday Night Live is happy. Maya Rudolph yes. is warming up. She's getting ready to go. That's some yeah. good stuff. That's, That's going to be stuff. some really good stuff right there. 
Yeah, I mean, that even brought Sarah Palin back out. I know we mentioned her last week. She's getting another mention. She's been on a speaking tour, which, I mean. <laughs> you don't mind watching a video is what you're saying, Stan. I'm just going to go there with you. She just doesn't need to, yeah. yeah I got she's, she's confused yeah. because, I mean, she's been very gracious. But then she, I, I did watch one interview. She she went back to her old ways. So just when you thought maybe she had been reformed, it didn't happen, guys. Just when you thought it was safe. It didn't happen. So, yeah. So as we wrap this up, don't y'all want to wrap this up and, and talk a little bit about Kanye one more time while, while we can get out of here? Um, so, you know, if you were like his husband, I mean, not husband, wife, <laughs> well, in this country, yeah, or any country you can be, um, relative, friend, anybody, what would you tell him right now? Man, if I was Kanye's cousin, um, I would be like, yo, cuz, this is not the move right now. We got somebody who can really help us win this thing. Let's, let's, let's not do this this time, cuz. Yeah, it, sit the F down and go back to singing gospel, I think is where we would probably go with that. That's where I would go as as a, as a as a confidant. <laughs> and the gospel thing's a little bit shaky because I mean I don't know. Like I mean it's good, but he's done some stuff. Well, you find God, and you find he's, your way out. Yeah, he needs to he needs to be there for a while. But um, yeah, I mean I think we we've done it. This is good. Let's 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 um let's wrap this up. Let's I I thank everybody for listening to Black Coffee and a Little Sugar. Um, we hope you enjoyed our podcast and, you know, like, like we say all the time, if you did enjoy it, please like us, share this, um, rate us. And, um, some more people can, can catch it. Some more people can see us or hear us. And, um, until next time, you know, let's have a little black coffee and a little sugar, a Jason, <laughs> a little bit of sugar. <laughs> yes. And a little bit of sugar. Bye guys. Take care. Bye. All.